This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser. I'm the host for today's show, coming at you from the Fargo studio. I would like to thank Nathan and Ryan Carr for being on last half hour. Boy, what a powerful testimony. Nathan uh, works at NDSU Newman Center. He's director of campus ministry. And he and Ryan are raising five children and a very powerful message that their first child was stillborn and it spawned uh, a ministry, Immaculate Hope Ministries. And so if you're interested in that, Immaculate Hope Ministries, uh, feel free to check that out. So thanks again to Nathan and Ryan Carr. Well, now looking at a fine, tall, young, good looking guy in his cassock, it is Father Jason Miller. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. Good to talk to you today. Yeah, and of course, I can't uh, I can't even look at you without just remembering the great times we've had to play in some hoops with my nephew. That's and right, yeah. He, mm-hmm. By the way, he was very impressed when we got done. He says, man, he's a baller. He's got skills. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that that's great. Well, Father, I, a lot of people know, but maybe some people don't know your story. Just tell us a little bit about growing up and, and how you came to the priesthood and mm-hmm. why, why you're here today. Yeah, good. Thank you, Tim. Um so, yeah, so I, I was born and raised in North Dakota and uh, grew up in a Catholic family. Um, and uh, really the, the priesthood came to be a, an, an idea that I gave more thought to when I was at the Newman Center at NSU. And um, through the example of many, many good people and the encouragement of a lot of people, um, decided to check out the seminary. And um, with a lot of continued discernment, um, ended up joining the seminary and uh, was ordained a priest in 2017. So five years ago. And you were uh, an a parochial vicar for... Uh, three, three, three years. years? Okay. Yep, St. Angelicum for yep. two and Holy Cross in West Fargo for okay. one. Okay. And then you got called to a special uh, a special mission, I guess, to, to be... Uh, tell us about that. So my current job is I work in the liturgy office uh, in the chancery. So um, yeah... I guess a lot of it is is kind of handling the bishop's schedule and planning his masses and the ordinations and the different events that we have throughout the year, um, and a few other things along the side as mm-hmm. well. Yep. So, and so just in full disclosure for the listeners, I work at the diocese. I'm, I'm the respect life director, and so he is Mr. Liturgy. I go up asking about a mass or any kind of question. Well, he says I, this book, that book. He just knows he knows it inside now, which, which obviously you need to. But I mean, I, I'm so appreciative for all the guidance that that you give me and all the help that you give me. Uh, you know, one of the things that's that's very very special about the liturgy, as you know, Father, is music, and maybe just. Talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, what the Vatican documents say and, and how we should look at music, especially in liturgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the uh, the popes throughout the years have encouraged us not to think of music as something um, extrinsic or outside of the essential aspect of of the liturgy. I mean, you can think all the way back into the, uh, the Old Testament with the introduction of the book of Psalms. That was part of the temple. That was part of the synagogue. That was part of how um, we have thought it valuable to speak to God since the very since the very beginning. You know, the Psalms speak about praising God with song and dance, with with cymbal um, and and pipe and lyre and um, harp and all these all these things. That, so to um, to use all of our faculties to um, to praise to praise God. So. So music is something that is that is very very important to the liturgy. It's an essential, an essential part, and that's true. But 
and you're absolutely right. Talk to our listeners a little bit about there's a difference between just turning on the radio and listening to your favorite country music song mm-hmm. and music for the liturgy. Why is that different? Why is that special? Yeah, yeah. Well, ho- yeah, hopefully there's a difference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there the, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we have, we have this concept of sacred music. So something is sacred. Um, and really, essentially, that means three things. And this, this comes from Pope Pius the 10th, who uh, wrote a document on, on music in the liturgy. And um, he, he basically said that it should have a, a goodness of form. So it should be beautiful. Uh, it should be worthy. It should be dignified. It should be holy. That means that it's set aside for worship. It's, it's sacred. It's consecrated. It's not like, it, this isn't the, the music in terms of its content or its form, the style of it that you would hear on the radio or even would hear at a music festival or something like that. This is, this is something that when you come to Mass, you would say, this is holy music. This is music that um, lifts my heart to God. And it's something different. It's something otherworldly. It reminds us that the liturgy is not primarily our work here on earth but it's our share in the, in the eternal liturgy of heaven. Um, and then finally, um, the next thing is it's universal. It means that it's not just, you know, a cultural experience, but it's something that unites us to the whole church and not just the whole church today, but the church of the past. You know, we pray this, the liturgy in union with our ancestors, how they prayed the liturgy as well. Um, ideally, that, that should be our, our goal to strive to strive for that universality. That's one of the, the marks of the church, right? That she's one and Catholic, um, which means universal. So true. We're talking with Father Jason Miller about um, sacred music, sacred, set apart for God. Yes, it's worship. It's it's not just, like I said, your favorite tune. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's participating in the heavenly liturgy, as you said. Well, you have uh, a workshop coming up that uh, is going to help parish musicians to enter into this and understand it and actually participate. Is that right? Absolutely. Tell us about that. So we're going we're gonna to have um, a workshop November 4th and 5th. That's a Friday evening and Saturday all day um, in Fargo at St. Anjokum Church. Basically what it's going to be, it's going to give people an opportunity to, to come and learn a lot of more of the concepts that I had just mentioned um, about music and the liturgy most especially at the Holy Mass. Um, and we'll have people there who can explain it a lot better than I can because they have a lot more experience with this um, and do it for a living. Um, but uh, that's one aspect of it. Other aspects of it are just the opportunity to come and learn and to sing with a choir, to sing with a scola, to learn chant, to uh, have voice lessons, to sing together at the Holy Mass. We're going to put together three different choirs and at the 5 p.m. Mass Saturday evening at the parish, we will uh, do the music. Um, so it'll be an opportunity not only for those who also have the opportunity at their parish to be in a, a choir or something like that, but even for those in our small parishes that don't have that opportunity to sing in a big choir to, uh, to come and have that experience. Um, and that's, that's a fun, fun aspect. Otherwise, a lot of time for prayer will we'll begin each day with a holy hour, adoration. Um, so uh, some of the comments from last year were that it felt a lot like a retreat. Um, there was a lot of content that people were able to take into prayer and to uh, help to uh, deepen their relationship with God, which is really what the goal is because that's what sacred music should do. It should deepen our relationship with God, bring us 
into uh, a relationship with, with the sacred and the holy. So true. Again, talking with Father Jason Miller. I love the theme for this year. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Tell us about that. Yeah, very good. That came about because uh, as the team and I were talking about, like, what, what do we really need right now in the church in terms of liturgy? And like, how can we, how can we deepen our understanding of, li- of liturgy? And I think we all kind of came to the, uh, the understanding, one of the things that, that will be really helpful to people we think would be um, this to to see how the liturgy helps to make visible the invisible mysteries that we celebrate. Um, so our rituals, our our our, um, our music that we use, all of that. The goal is to to make visible, to make incarnate, to make the Word become flesh, um, and and to dwell among us. That's what the liturgy does. So God still comes to us. Jesus still comes to us, even though He sits at the right hand of the Father through the liturgy. He He still comes to us, and maybe better yet, He invites us to come to Him. He invites us into heaven for a little bit to be with Him. So our signs and symbols help to remind us what is the reality of the liturgy. Even though our senses can't see the reality for what it is, the signs and the symbols of the liturgy help us to see to some degree, according to our human nature, our embodied nature, what is really happening, what's really going on here. And that's why our signs and symbols are, are so important. And when we, when we lose them, it's, it's a detriment to, to our ability to worship God and to be reminded of what is actually happening, what's really going on uh, as, as we uh, worship God in the liturgy. So important, you know, and, and you hit the nail on the head. I, I love this idea. And, and some people know this, some people don't. When we, when we enter into the Mass, really what we're doing is we're entering into that heavenly liturgy by the power of the Holy Spirit. Literally, it's sacramental time. It stands still. I mean, I know we're still in time, but not the liturgy in heaven. And that's mm-hmm. such a beautiful thing. I love how you said before, a lot of people think liturgy is the work of the people. Well, as you mentioned, it's our participation in God's ongoing work, that God's mm-hmm. ongoing liturgy. That is so important. And music can be such a great part of that because, as you said, it, it lifts our hearts and our mind to God and really helps us to, to understand. But I just think, amazingly, when we're at Mass, and we lift up your hearts, and of course at the Epiclesis, the Holy Spirit comes down, I just can see heaven opening up, and we are one with that sacrifice, aren't we? Absolutely. Yep. That's very true. And, um, and the whole thing starts to come together when you, when you think about that. Think about heaven. Um, and, and then the things at the, at the Mass, for example, that seem strange to us, right? Like, um, like the vestments the priest mm-hmm. wears, the, the vessels that we have. You know, why do we use a gold chalice? Isn't that kind of superfluous? Couldn't we use that money for another purpose? Um, or uh, even the language, you know, the value of, of Latin in the, in the liturgy. Um, it reminds us that we're not doing something earthly. It's not something that we can understand or fit into our head. It's a mystery. And we're being taken up into it. It's not, it's not uh, about us. We're being taken up into something far greater than our ability to comprehend or understand. And, uh, and so that's, that's what we're trying to uh, get across to people because that changes your whole mindset uh, in regards to liturgy. When we think about this is to remind us of heaven. Um, and in the book of Revelation, you know, the, the lamb on the altar that was slain and the angels and the, and the elders bowed down in worship um, and the incense and the candlesticks and all, all of that is there. 
Um, and we're just trying to grasp in some small degree what it is un until we actually are invited to be there ourselves at the end of time, at the end of our life. So true, so true. I talked with Father Jason Miller about the upcoming uh, Parish Musicians Workshop at St. San Joachim the first weekend in November. And when we come back, I got a couple things to say about signs. You mentioned signs, and we'll continue. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Faith as Meeting One has never achieved complete faith. Faith has to be lived again and again in life and in suffering, as well as in the great joys that God sends us. It is never something that I can put in my pocket like a coin. The essence of faith is that I do not meet with something that has been thought up, but that here something meets me that is greater than anything we can think of ourselves. The Christian faith brings us consolation that God is so great that he can become small, and that he is actually for me the unexpected and previously inconceivable greatness of God that he is able to bow down so low. That he himself really enters into a man, no longer merely disguises himself in him so that he can later put him aside and put on another garment, but that he becomes this man. It is just in this that we actually see the truly infinite nature of God. For this is more powerful, more inconceivable than anything else, and at the same time more saving. This very God, who has the power to realize love in such a way that he himself is present in a man, that he is there and introduces himself to us, that he associates himself with us, is exactly what we need in order to escape from having to live to the end with fragments and half-truths. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Tim Moser. Our last segment right here with Father Jason Miller, Director of Liturgy for the Diocese of Fargo and the Bishop Secretary. Welcome back, Father. Thanks, Tim. Just wanted to say something quick about signs you mentioned, because there's lots of signs and symbols, like in the vestments, in, like you said, in the chalices, the candles, the, 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 our, our postures, mm -hmm. and, and signs. And I just want to quickly liken it to anything. We're, we're both sports. So let's talk about sports. I mean, if you don't understand the signs, the rules, and the symbols of like the game of basketball, it's going to be confusing. You're not going to get anything out of it. You're not going to be able to participate. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's chaos, right? And maybe you're a musician, same thing. If you don't understand notes, sharps and flats, timing, all that kind of stuff, I mean, dynamics, it's not going to be a joyful noise, you know, and it's mm -hmm. not going to make sense. And so it's so important that we enter because each of these things has a deep, deep meaning. We don't have time to get into all of it today, but that's the idea, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And 
And the, the thing with our sacraments is that the signs that are attached to them, the, the material elements that we use, and the words are, for each of the sacraments, they, they cause the grace that, that they signify. You know, so water, the sign, of, the sign of water and baptism, it actually causes the cleansing of the soul. The, uh, the bread and the wine, the signs of the Eucharist, cause a nourishment and delight in our union with God. Um, and then all of the other signs that accompany the sacramental rites are meant to dispose us to receive that grace, you know. So at the, at the Mass, you know, praying the Confidior, um, our humility opens us up to receive to a de greater degree the, the grace that God wants to give us through, through the Holy Eucharist. Um, the sign of the, of the ring, you know, at, at, in matrimony, there's, there's something there that is, is disposing the couple to receive that grace because God always offers objectively His grace in, through a valid sacrament. But our disposition that we bring into that sacrament can affect how much we actually receive personally from the grace that God offers. So that's why the church is always, um, she's, you know, she's always giving, being careful about the signs that, that, we, that we use in the liturgy and, and how, the, how it's done because that can affect the kind of grace that we get. Um, and, and we should pay attention to those signs um, because, uh, because that they do help us to, to learn and to be disposed to what we should receive. Right, and as you mentioned earlier, one of the integral things, a part of the Mass, not just added on, is the music. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to go back to our theme, that the Word is made flesh and dwelt among us. How does the Word relate to uh, liturgical music? Well, that's, that's a, really good, uh, it's a really good point. Maybe the easiest way to explain this is through the, um, through the history of sacred music in the liturgy. And, and you can't talk about the history of sacred music without talking about Gregorian chant, which is which is sacred music uh, for, for our Roman rite. Um, the, so the chant basically accompanied the, the text of the Missal. So the text is always primary. So the word is always primary, and the music has an effect of embellishing that word or making it more, uh, making our hearts more receptive to it, which is why Gregorian chant um, always was, was kind of a, a gentle, and, and subtle and humble way for us to pray those texts of the Mass. The Word is primary. The music is just meant to uh, embellish it, to make it more visible to us. So, so you, the, the chants go up on certain notes. Okay, we should, maybe that's, maybe that's what our heart does when we pray about praising God. Um, our hearts are elevated, and then it goes low. Maybe that's our, our contrition. Um, some, some vowels are elongated. We, we, we pause there for longer. Maybe that's where we contemplate a little more. We meditate more on that. So how, how the monks, you know, and, and those who came up with this chant over the years developed it was, uh, was meant to fit the word. So the word, it was making the word flesh for us in a new way. And that's the goal of every sacred, every, every uh, you know, all music in the mass is, is meant to make the mass come alive for us. It's not to be a thing of itself. You know, it's not a performance, which is why we don't clap for musicians. Mm -hmm. It's not a it's not a concert. This is this is something that is at service of the mass, is at service of the word that we're praying and that we're meditating on uh, during the mass, and uh, and that's its function. Wonderful, that's great. So, what are some of the responsibilities of a parish musician then, and and how are they going to be addressed at this workshop? Yep, very good. Well, we're gonna have um we're gonna have topics on how to prepare music for Mass, what are the things you should look for, what are the, the shortfalls, what are the challenges, um, which people are, are well aware of, but how can we address those challenges? 
Um, how can we pray as a parish musician while we're busy at Mass, you could say? How can we make our, our worship of God and our leadership of, of music part of our prayer and our, 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 um, our service to, to God in the sacred liturgy? Um, and uh, also, um, in terms of roles and responsibilities, just cultivating your own talents, you know, um, how, do we, how do we have pr proper vocal technique and how do we develop that um, to, to grow and to become uh, a more fitting instrument for, for God to use through, through this way of praying. That's wonderful. Uh, so give us a, a little um, more about the details in the workshop, you know, when and where and, and all that type of stuff again, Father. Yep, very good. We'll start with dinner on Friday evening. I love to eat, by the November way. November <laughs> 4th, and we're going to have some good food there. Um, Friday evening uh, supper and a holy hour. Um, so November 4th and 5th will end on the 5th after the 5 p.m. Mass and a formal supper that evening with Bishop Folda. Um, so those who are able to come to the workshop will, will end with, uh, with that you know, formal, formal dinner that evening. Um, the deadline to sign up is October 21st. So that's coming up next week already. Um, but uh, we would love to, to see everybody there. Um, it's going to be a fun time and a prayerful time and a time to, to learn not just about music necessarily, but also about the liturgy and how we can pray the, uh, the church's liturgy. Um, again, there's going to be times for prayer throughout this, this time, liturgy of the hours, uh, adoration, um, breakout sessions, mass, and, uh, and, and many good conversations with, with those who can attend as well. And the theme again is uh, the word became flesh. Wonderful. And if they want to register, just go to the website, Father, or how do they do yep. that? Yep, fargodiocese.org slash sacredmusic can, uh, can get you to the registration page. You can fill out the uh, registration online. It's $50 to attend. Students are free. We'd love to see some students. Anyone from one of our uh, universities or a high school uh, would, be, would love to, to have them there, too. I think that's great to see. You know, I know a family who I think they're like high school age daughters, like learning how to play the organ. And we have some great organists around us. It's just so good to see people really getting involved and getting excited about liturgical music. Absolutely. And you reminded me of another thing. Dr. Hirschberger will present an organ masterclass too. So um, if there are any organists out there, bring a uh, piece of music to perform and uh, he will, he will guide, uh, guide that, um, that time. So Wonderful. Yeah. Dr. Jay Hirschberger, what a great wealth he is. Of, yeah, absolutely. Of, oh, that's wonderful. Um, any last thoughts you have for our, our listeners on this, Father, why it's important or what, what they should do or how they can get involved? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, this, this workshop, because it is the time of the uh, Eucharistic revival uh, na nationally too, is, is taking on it maybe a, a more important, uh, at least in my own mind, you know, that we want to mm -hmm. really put a lot into this because, um, you know, we've, we've looked at the content of, of some of the hymns that are at Mass, and some of them, you know, kind of obscure the reality of the, of the real presence. Some of them actually kind of hinder us from mm -hmm. seeing the, the real presence by the language that they use, that um, it's not bread and wine anymore, but it is the body and blood of Jesus after the consecration and transubstantiation. So we want to really um, be clear about a lot of these Eucharistic elements and uh, hopefully... Um, help people to to use sacred music as a way to um, to point that Jesus truly is with us in the in the blessed sacrament, and we we must prepare ourselves for that moment. Wonderful, Father Jason Miller. Thank you so much for coming and sharing this beauty beauty with us. Please again go to the website and register. You will not regret it. I, I'm I'm excited already. So thanks Absolutely. so much, Father. Thanks, Tim. All right, God bless you. Thanks so much. 
Well, Rachel, there we are. That is the show, huh? Mm-hmm. I didn't mess up too bad, did I? No, you did great. Oh, okay, cool. But you, I'm guessing there's going to be more shows that are planned, and you're going to tell us about. Yeah, so tomorrow, the next for Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Heather Caro is your host, coming to you live from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She'll be talking with Steve Castle, who is the newest member of Real Presence Radio. And Jody Real will be sharing about how the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is revolutionizing the approach to religious ed. All this and much more is coming on the next for Presence Live Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Hey, that sounds great, Rachel. So a little shout out to Heather. Uh, I can see her smiling face and her laugh. I can, I'm sure that you're going to hear that tomorrow. I, uh, I love that with Heather, and uh, she's, she's such a great person. Rachel, now how long have you been with us on Real Presence Radio? I have been with Real Presence Radio for uh, two months. Okay. Yeah. And tell our listeners, you're from up north the ways, right? Yep, Dan, Stephanie, yeah. Originally, I'm from Thompson. Yeah. Okay. I'm living in Fargo now, going to school. So. And what are you going into? I'm in a paramedic program. That's right. So yep. in about two years or maybe two minutes, when my whole ticker gives out, you know how to how to start it again, huh? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in school right now. Okay. <laughs> Haven't okay. graduated yet. That's great. How many brothers and sisters do you have, Steph? I have five brothers and one sister. Wow. That's it, Rachel. That That's amazing. And yep. you have one older sibling, right? Yep. One older brother. And what's he doing now? He lives in Fargo. He works. He does like snow removal and he works okay. for a farmer. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Well, well, welcome to the team. It's, it's so so good to have you here. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Well, I appreciate your professionalism. It, it, it's, it's very, very good evident in everything you do because you keep a scatterbrained guy like me on task <laughs> and I appreciate that. So thanks so much. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, that's our show for today, everyone. Thanks again so much for, uh, for joining, for coming in. We appreciate it. And uh, we just, again, wish you all the best. Please, this is the Eucharistic Revival. Get involved in the Eucharist. It is the personal relationship with Jesus that you're looking for and share it with others. Until next time, I'm just reminding you to practice your faith every day. God bless you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.